listening to Chill Time with Will Moore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is your host, William Moore, and this is Chill Time is Will Time. Um, I hope all of you had a chance to listen to uh, episode 11 of season 2, uh, talking about the black yoga experience with Miss Ashley Adams. That was a, a f- very fun interview um, that I got to do with Miss Adams. Um, if you all remember, it kind of falls in, lo- falls in line with the uh, series of yoga episodes that I wanted to do. I wanted to do two to three different episodes, possibly four with different yoga instructors or uh, practitioners. Just kind of talk about uh, their experiences in yoga, um, what it's done for them, how they see uh, the discipline growing, um, and and how it's how their practice is different uh, now versus when they first started. Um, but this episode is actually is, is not about that at all. Um, I've this you know this next guest that I have right here is actually uh, a pretty good friend and coworker of mine, and <clears throat> before I let her introduce herself, I'm just going to kind of preface the conversation. I think this is going to be a pretty interesting episode because uh, this episode will be about um, how the relationships between men and their mothers affect their rom- romantic relationships. And so when this guest who is about to come on and introduce herself kind of raised that idea to me, asked me if I had done. A podcast episode uh, surrounding that topic, I told her no, but I thought that it would actually be a really good, uh, a really good topic and a really good episode to do, and therefore she had she's being uh, voluntold uh, to come on the episode uh, and participate in this conversation. So without further ado, I'll let her go ahead and introduce herself. Hi, my name is Michelle. I am not an expert in this, but I have dated men who have had women in their lives, preferably their moms, and it has caused some interesting dynamics in relationships. <laughs> That's the Just wanted to jump right into it. And just oh, gave yeah. your name, that much of an introduction, just gave your name and that was it. Not I mean, what you do, no nothing, no little bit about you. Well, that doesn't pertain to any of this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I see this might be a difficult conversation today. But I am an educated I, young woman. Okay, I digress. We'll jump. We'll we'll jump right into the episode. So, oh wait, I can't say I have dated. I probably, I only date black men, so that's where my perspective is coming from. But I have dated men younger than me and like a decade or so over than me, so I feel like I have, I have like a range of experience, if that makes sense. So like more mature and less mature and whatever in between. Age doesn't. Like, define maturity, though, because, whew, that's a whole different thing. Anyways, so it's not, like, just, like, young guys that this perspective is from. Okay, so would you like to start off by telling us how this conversation even came about? Like, what prompted uh, you to ask me about this question or want to have a conversation about this? I was reading Trevor Noah's Born a Crime, which is an incredible book that everybody should read. And he talks a lot about his relationship with his mom in the book. And he quotes things that she says to him often or did often in the book. And one of the quotes that he said on page 127 was, Make sure your woman is the woman in your life. Don't be one of these men who makes his wife compete with his mother. A man who is a or a man with a wife cannot be beholden to his mother, and that really made me think like that's some real shit. But also, I don't think that translates well in real life. So, well, first and foremost, so 
you said you don't think it translates well into real life. Like, what does that quote mean to you? Like, translate that into layman's terms. Like, what did... Well, that like, means that to me that you? his mom is saying whenever you decide to move on with a woman who's going to be your wife or if people aren't down with marriage, whatever that means to you, that that woman needs to be the only woman and not to have, like, your relationship with your mom is different. It shouldn't be a relationship where you're constantly comparing the woman in your life to your mom or wanting the woman in your life to be your mom or necessarily that the your mom always comes first, then it's the woman in your life. That's what that meant to me. I think the part that you where you said you shouldn't compare the woman in your life to your mom or whatever is interesting because I feel like um, on numerous occasions on, on both sides that I've heard that men should look for women who um, who resemble their mom and vice versa, that women should look for men who embody the traits or resemble that their father. So and, and I've also heard and I've also heard that by by um, that it isn't isn't even something that you have to force that just like because like when we talk about the nature versus nurture debate, that that's something that just automatically happens. Like you're drawn to uh, a significant other that embodies or those traits of, you know, that particular parent in your life. And I found that interesting um, because I, I got to be honest with you. I don't know if it's something that I put a lot of thought in my, you know, a, a lot of thought uh, into myself. And when I, you know, when you initially said that, when I started to think about it, as far as um, women that I've dated in the past or women that I've had in my life in the past and my mom or my grandma, you know, which my grandma is a person that uh, is the one who raised me. Like, I don't see a ton of similarities in between in between all of them. And so I remember you know, at one point in time, you know, when I initially heard that, I was like, is that why it didn't work out? Is it because I'm supposed to look for somebody who has the traits of my mom or grandma or whatever? And then th these women that I've dated didn't. And so that's why I lost interest or I didn't put as much effort or work into the relationship as I should have or, you know, none of the above. It just didn't work out, you know, for, for some reason or other. What do you what do you think about that? I think it's interesting when you first started, and I'm paraphrasing because my memory is terrible, but you said men look for women that are similar to their moms and women look for traits in men that are similar for their dad. And I think that's the difference. I've never heard a woman say, I want to date someone that's just like my dad. I've never heard a woman say, like, I'm my dad's wife. I've never heard a woman say, like, oh, do this more like my dad. I think women look for traits of their male positive figures in their life, but they don't want like a carbon copy of it. In my lifetime, I have heard men say, I am my mom's husband, which is creepy as fuck to me because if a woman have, said, I've never said, I have dated like men who have said, I am my mom's husband. I am the man of the house. I am my mom like needs me. I am this person, which is so eerie to me because if a woman was like, oh, I'm my dad's wife, you'd be like, something is wrong with you. I'm running for the hills. But I think that's so common, at least in my experience with men that I have dated, that it's like, 
I am everything to my mom and she is everything to me. Therefore, like you have to not only compete with this, but be this, but also you'll never be this because she's my mom and we do everything other than sexual things. So it's like really interesting. I actually, so personally, I actually find that very problematic. And the reason that I, that I find it problematic is because you have to allow, you have to allow children be children. Um, I understand if there isn't a man in the house or a woman in the house, um, but that's, that doesn't, to me, that doesn't justify elevating a child, whether it be boy or girl into an adult role. Um, they may have added responsibilities, but I just don't think it's fair. And the reason, and the reason that I say that is because, you know, with a lot of the work that I do working with families or whatever or whatnot, you know, as a doula. And when I sit and talk with a lot of the families, like when I hear, for for instance, when I hear some of the issues that uh, maybe the the mom has with the dad. Right. And she says, you know, he, you know, when it comes to this or it comes to that, you know, the way he behaves like, you know, I just don't get it. I just don't understand. I feel like he acts like a child. You know, I feel like he acts like a 12 a, a year old. When it comes to that, and then when you talk with the when you talk with the, the the male or the father, and you ask him questions about his life, you realize that he did have to take more of an adult role, right? He had to be that quote unquote be the man of the house, and so when I hear that, I'm like, and I and then I hear you know uh, one half of the party say that you know you know said individual acts like a child, I'm like that sounds about right. I understand that because, and this is the reason why, because anybody who knows anything about um, early childhood development or just human development in general will tell you that individuals have to go through every every stage in life. They absolutely have to. And if you don't allow a child to be a child and work through certain behaviors and work through certain experiences or whatever... Like I said, they have to go through every stage in life. That, That's where I interject as a woman because I'm not your mom. I'm not here to raise you. I'm, I'm not, looking for a full adult you're not, spouse. But you're not, but you're not but letting no, me finish. No, no, no. That's not fair, though, because then men me, get to use to this excuse of, like, well, I have first to all, learn this. And women have to learn no, that, too, and that's no, not fair. First of all, you didn't even let me finish. You just jumped in and interrupted because without even letting me finish my point. an irritating point. The point wasn't finished, so how okay, would you know? Sorry, you jumped in. Point. Finish your you, point. You're being triggered by whatever past <laughs> relationships you've had. Because, whatever. No. Finish your point. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, but finish your point. So the point that I'm making is, I'm like, I'm not surprised. Because he was not allowed to be a child when he was when he was younger. It doesn't, it's not making an excuse for him. It's not saying it's right. It's not saying it's wrong. Okay, but I believe I, young girls. Yeah, I'm still not finished. Well, okay, but I'll still. You talk I, no, I have time. to rebut. Young no. girls aren't allowed to be you children can't. either. I'm about to get to that too. Okay. But you keep cutting me off. So okay. Relax, chill out. So I always, my, my comeback is always like, I'm not surprised. He wasn't allowed to be a child and process those feelings and work through certain immaturities and learn, work through his feelings and learn how to be at a, at a younger age. He wasn't allowed to process that. So everybody knows when you're dealing with stressors, you fall back to very rudimentary behaviors. He's going to act like a child. It's not saying it's right. It's not saying it's okay. It's just an explanation for what he's doing. And you can't get to the root of a problem and talk through something without getting to the root of a problem. You're never going to fix it. There's a difference uh, There's a difference between talking about stuff and talking through stuff. 
If you talk about stuff, you're just talking about it, but you're never fixing it. You never get to the root of the issue. If you're talking through it, you're talking to, about you get into the root of the issue and you're fixing it. And so, if they if if, that, if that's made to be understand, you know, in the relationship, they can then make the decision. Okay, this is what's going on. She can decide whether or not do I have the time and energy to want to stand by him and talk through this with him and work through this with him, whether it be he gets counseling on his own and we get counseling together. Or do I say, this ain't my problem. We may have a child. We may be expecting a child, but I, we can co-parent without me being in the relationship with them. Either way it goes, whether she decides to stay with them or leave, they're going to have to talk through that and work with it because they're going to have to have an amicable, amicable relationship to be able to successfully co-parent. It goes the same way with women. Whether or not we we allow women to walk away with that excuse or not, it's the same way, the same the same behaviors or whatever I've seen in some women. And yes, there's a double standard. Some things we let people slide with, some things that we don't. But the reason that we have to talk through them and address the issues, address the root issue is because our sons, our daughters see the same thing. They see these. They see these behaviors. They see these issues. And when you don't let, and when men aren't allowed to process through their emotions and deal with that and grow up and, and reach those stages of maturity, Son is seeing that or daughter is seeing that, right? And especially if it's being if it's being ignored and just being um, there's an excuse is being made for it is just that's that's normal. And what happens is as they grow up, son mimics and, and and repeats the same behaviors, and then starts to show those same behaviors to his son because kids do what they see, kids do what they learn, and daughter sees those same behaviors and then she winds up getting involved with a with a young man and is never truly happy but doesn't understand why she's not happy because all she understands is well I'm with him he doesn't hit me he doesn't cheat on me so on and so forth so what I should just be content can I talk now you weren't even I could just tell you weren't even listening to me you was no nope, you. you were ready no. to just you were ready to just give a rebuttal that's all I you am, ready to do. go I'm ahead ready to give a rebuttal okay so a couple things you said one, how do you have an adult conversation with someone who's behaving like a child? Second, that puts all the onus on the woman. That's not fair. It didn't put all the onus it on the woman. Put, I you said, said it's the, you said it's the woman that decides whether she wants to continue with Just this like it's a man who, who can decide not whether or not. That's, William, let me say were, my thing. No, were, no, 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 no. That's what your words were. It's on the woman to decide if she wants to stay and try to work this as out. Y'all could tell, as y'all can tell, time. I have I'm a done. guest on who listens to give a rebuttal but doesn't listen for the content I of the conversation. I am listening to, your con to the ahead. content of your conversation. Go ahead. But that does put the onus on the woman because then it's to, up to the woman to then say like, okay, since you're a child, let me mother you and let's have this conversation. Because that's what it is. Your words. You're going to behave like a child. And you said that's what it is because regression happens. And I didn't say she had to stay. I said but she had the option to her, do. It's her choice. It's her decision. So it's that her de puts the decision onus on whether, her. It is. It's her decision whether she wants to stay or leave. Nobody's forcing her to stay. Nobody's forcing her to leave. The same goes the other way. When a woman has behaved that way, mm -hmm. it's the man's decision to decide, do I want to stay mm -hmm. and work with her mm -hmm. as she's going through these issues, going mm -hmm. through this stuff, and still try to build with her? Or do I say, you know what? I don't have the time or energy for this. No hard feelings, but I need to go the other way and find somebody who is who I don't have to do all this emotional labor with. That's There's nothing wrong with that. That's just reality. Okay. You might not like it, but it's reality. All I'm saying... The emotional labor goes both ways depending on which person 
has those issues. And in some cases, in some of the families that I've dealt with, it's mom and dad. Okay, it's woman I'm and not man saying that it's not. Those. I'm just saying you said it's the decision, it's for the woman to decide, which puts the onus on her. And I shouldn't be responsible for your behavior but also i shouldn't be expected to have to work through it and i think that happens a lot with women and also something i that you just said, said that but William you're just trying Moore, to argue. if you don't let me finish what did you have me on here for if you didn't want me to debate with you really anyways you you're, you were talking over me you're not even listening you this whole time this whole time you won't even let me you wanted to have like a, how does that feel look at you interrupting okay i'll be better i'll keep my mouth closed but anyways i'm not done um also you said that young men don't not don't have a childhood or um don't get to be a kid my rebuttal to that is that young women don't get to be a kid or little girls don't be get to be a kid because as a little girl you are instantly taught to be domesticated so you're taught to take care of everybody you're taught to cook you're taught to clean you're taught to make sure everybody else is okay you're taught to do all of these things and i do think little boys do have more of a childhood than little girls do so whenever there's the argument of like well i didn't get to be a boy or i had to be the man of the house well that's i'm not saying that that's not the truth but young girls or little girls also have to be the woman of the house but they don't get that title of you're the woman in the house and we're depending on you it's that we're expecting you to do these things because you were born as this gender and that's how it is i hear what you're saying i'm not denying that but i also think that you're speaking uh you're speaking from the perspective of somebody who is to be honest with you fed into the stereotypes because i can point to you and i can reach in my phone and get you a handful of men, grown men, who either are dealing with issues now or have had them in the past and worked through them, who where you said, oh, they were allowed to be kids. I know for a fact they were never allowed to be kids because I've worked with some kids some kids now who have been through the system It's up it's since the age of five have been taking care of younger siblings. And it's not fair at all. Why and when I'm, and when I when I was making the when I was you know giving my statements and points earlier, I never once said that women weren't treated the same way. I gave the perspective of a man being at the standpoint of the quote that you gave mm-hmm. was pertaining to men. So when I gave you the answer, if we were to, if we were to play it back, I never said that women didn't go through these same things, that they didn't mm-hmm. have the same behaviors. I'm answering in terms of the quote that you gave me from the book. Okay. You instantly took that from, oh, no, you're making excuses for men and this, that, and other. Nope, not making excuses for men. I'm telling you where a lot of that comes from. That comes from unresolved issues. Because With two, their mother? Sometimes it's mother. Sometimes it's not mother. Sometimes it's their father. Sometimes it's life. Sometimes it's the... It's the... It's 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 society. It's the it's it's the systems that are put in place by society that says men have to behave this way, little boys have to behave this way, and little girls have to behave this way. Just as just as way, like like how you, how you spoke about uh, young women being domesticated early and stuff like that. That's not not always their mothers who tell them to do that. It's not always their fathers who tell them to do that. They can get those images from TV. It's 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 the overarching like culture of. Of you know of, of American society, I think in a way, and so those are things. Those are all variables and things that we have to to keep in mind and think about. Um, and and yes, whether it sounds fair or not, yeah, if it's the guy with the issue in the relationship, yeah, the onus is on the woman to decide: Do I want to put up with this or do I not? Because it's up to her whether or not she wants to stay with him. 
Nobody's forcing her to stay with him. Nobody's forcing her to leave. Just like if it's the if it's if if, if it's the other way. So woman with the, in it having the issues. I've had to do do this before. I've been in a relationship with a woman who had a lot of issues, issues with abuse and everything. It was my decision whether or not to stay. She didn't want to change anything. That toxic relationship is what she was okay with. So yes. Whether it was fair or not, the onus was on me to make a decision. She doesn't want to change anything. The relationship is toxic. I am. I may have had my own issues, but I didn't have as many as she did. And so the decision is mine. Do I want to stay in this relationship that is not going to make anybody happy and is not bearing any fruit? Or do I want to leave and grow and give her time to grow? There's nothing, there's nothing like irrational or disrespectful or and actually really unfair about that when you're leaving that when you're giving somebody a choice yeah you have a choice to say i go if i was to let's say and i'll give you another example or draw an analogy this is a little bit different if i you don't smoke or you don't drink or or, or whatever but let's say i put you in a room where everybody's smoking or whatnot Ain't nobody, all them people smoking in the room are not going to stop smoking. You have the choice to stay in there and deal with the smoke or walk out of the room. So you're going to get mad at everybody else or you're going to get mad at the situation and have this long argument or a discussion about telling, trying to tell 20 other people to stop smoking when you have the choice or decision. You know what? I can stay here and be unhappy and deal with this and be in an environment that I don't enjoy or I could walk out and leave because nobody's forcing me to stay here. I drove here myself. I'm not beholden to anybody here. I don't have to take anybody home. Which one sounds more reasonable? Okay, I get the point that you're making, but that's also very much minimalizing what it's the not, original though. topic was. But also, but it's as not, it's, far it's not, as... Cause the analogy, I think the analogy is sound. No, that's like... I get the analogy, but that's that's you can't use that as a comparison. As far as like making the decision if I want to stay or go, yeah, sure. But also, you guys were both consenting adults that got into this relationship. True. So, I do think the onus should be on the person. In this case, the man, since the topic of our conversation is that, to then say, how can I deal with this in a way that's not going to affect my partner? That shouldn't be on the woman. Like, I'm going to act real childish right now because I'm upset about something or another and take it out on her. That's not, that shouldn't be on her. But, this, feel, but the but statement, like the statement that I, but the statement that I made wasn't about her forcing him to get help but or her getting help for him. It was her deciding, but, 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 it, but it wasn't because okay, the words that I said, because the words that I, the words that I no, said, you're gonna let me finish she my could statement, stay or she could go. Okay. But in real life, that's not how it plays in real life. It presents as an issue. And then it's like, well, she's not listening to me or she doesn't care about me or she leaves me like everybody else. So yada, yada, yada. And then all of that gets, all that onus gets placed on the woman where it should be that, he should be deciding, okay, this this is what happened. How do I deal with it? And I don't think that happens often, and I don't think that's fair, and I don't think that's something that the woman should then have to decide, oh, he's in one of his funks again. Do I stay or should I go? No, you should be able to self-regulate and say, and have a conversation. Like, okay, today's not a good day, or this happened and I'm upset about it, or something, and my mood might be different, and it's not about you, or just something like that that can be said that, 
isn't said it's just oh someone's in a bad mood using your words they're acting childish and i'm tired of going through this like again and again but again that shouldn't be that the onus of that shouldn't be put on a woman especially in a relationship because in relationships people are invested so who's gonna be like oh you're in morning moves i'm just gonna leave no naturally in most relationships you want to work through it so you stay and try to figure it out but it shouldn't be from the prompting of the woman let's talk about it why are you feeling this way how can i help what's I never, going on i never said that and okay I never, but i'm saying in real life never, that's and I never, how it comes across and i never simplified it as oh you're in a mood you I literally can compared or I it to smoking in a room because you and weren't to, and because you like, weren't because you no, weren't no, getting i understand but also because you weren't getting my points before but then as it's I, like as, also to as, your analogy as i said michelle i think this is let me also, to your analogy, if you knew I was someone who didn't drink and who didn't like to be around smoking, all of those stuff, and you still took me to this environment, I would say that's inconsiderate on your part because you know these things about me and you still put me in this situation where it would cause conflict. That's still an issue. It still may be an issue, but if you know the person behaves like that, again, it's not excusing the it's not excusing the behavior the bad behavior of the of the perpetrator at all and this is where i say this is where i'm gonna say again i think it got off to almost like in a way like a negative start because before before you jumping in i could tell by even before i finished i sat here and i let you give your whole statement and your whole point soon as i started getting in you could tell you were rocking you were moving in the chair you were ready to give a rebuttal and give a comment wait <laughs> Before even listening, let me get to my point. I was still in the middle of my point, and you're ready. So there's a difference, and this is something that my dad taught me. There's, there's when you're having a conversation with somebody. There's a difference between listening to absorb, mm -hmm. synthesize what they're saying, mm -hmm. and then give a, and then give a reply. Mm -hmm. From I'm listening just to give a rebuttal. You were listening just to give a rebuttal. Because Are you criticizing me right now. Because two thirds. Of what I said, mm -hmm. you actually regurgitated and repeated in different in a different way. So you agree with me in a different way, but you're hung up on your statement as if I was making an excuse for, for bad behavior. But it wasn't, especially when I articulate that it's not an excuse at the beginning. Yeah, after I interjected. No, it wasn't. It was, it was before no, you even said something. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. Okay. Anyways. Okay, so... Have you heard the quote, mom raise their daughters and nurture their sons? And what do you think about that? As a man and as um, someone who has sisters. I can see that. I've seen it go both ways. Um, I've seen some real live, like, and I don't mean this as a negative, but like mama's boys out there mm -hmm. who like, they still behave like little boys. Like you're always going to be a son. But at some point, you got to be a man, too. You could be a man and a son at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I've seen some grown men who still behave like not grown men, but sons. Mm -hmm. And their moms rule their life. And I don't think that I don't think that that's a healthy dynamic or a healthy relationship. Um, because it's, it's, especially when it comes to um, when a young man is about to, you know, engage in a relationship, have his own romantic relationship with another uh, uh, with another woman like your mom ain't going home with this woman. Your mom ain't trying to, you know, raise kids with this woman. Like, your mom is not trying to do all these, like, intimate and personal personal things with these women. At the end of the day, what happens is going to be decided between you and this woman, not your mom. Mm -hmm. Now, it's okay to get advice from your mom 
ask her opinion on things, ask her her experiences. But when she is effectively like operating in the relationship by proxy, that is a very toxic and negative situation. And I don't think it's okay. Um, Vice versa. I've kind of seen it the other way too. I've seen, um, I've seen it where I, so for instance, I got a young man who, and I kind of had to just kind of just lay it out for him uh, in the men's group. He was talking about how he was doing so much, like he was breaking his back um, mm-hmm. for his girl. Um, <clears throat> they're about to have a baby. They're expecting, and he was he was uh, talking about how um, how every move he was making or whatever, like her mom was in her ear, mm-hmm. like casting dispersions on him like making it seem like he wasn't doing enough he wasn't doing this he wasn't doing that and even advising her what she should and should do like she, i guess she had some job but the mom told her to quit it and do something else and that wasn't working out so money was tight and he's like looking at her like what are you doing like why are you why is your mom in your ear like that why are you letting your mom like run the re- relationship by proxy you know what i mean mm. and that's not a healthy dynamic she's not but what i also told him he wanted to kind of like argue with her about it. i was like bro don't do that i was like you're gonna lose that battle i said because one thing that you will never be able to do is come between a woman and her mom okay but we're talking Just about like, sons and their relationships with i'm them. getting there i'm going i'm, I'm giving it I'm, I'm giving an example but we're of not both, doing ways. both ways this was the introduction the title of this episode or whatever no but it has sons and their relationships with their but mothers. it has to be both ways because i because i have listeners that are both men and women and people okay, need to see well, the dynamic of both want to hear this topic they can skip to the next episode but the, the topic so, for i'm this sorry episode hold on i'm sorry is, whose show is this Oh, you get on my nerves. But this is specifically about I'm sorry. sons and relationships I'm sorry. with their mothers. Whose show is this? Thank you. So let me finish again so because you keep because you keep interrupting. No, you're detracting. No, I'm not detracting. Okay. I addressed that. I addressed that the the, the the example that you gave earlier with the anecdote. Now I'm going the other way with the anecdote as well. I'm talking about how it goes both ways because it's healthy for people in relationships, whether they be man or a woman, to see how they can or cannot be contributing to a toxic situation. Okay. So can you let me do that, please? Absolutely. Thank you. For right now. So, anyways, I had to let him know. I was like, "Dude, one thing you're never going to be able to do is to come between our woman, a woman and her mom." I said, "If it's the other way around, and it was your mom or your dad really influenced you like that, and your and your girlfriend was trying to tell you, don't be listening to your dad or talk, stop talking to your dad." I said, "Would you listen?" He was like, "No." I was like, "You'd probably be irritated, wouldn't you?" He was like, "Yep." I said, "So it goes both ways." I said, "The best thing that you can do," I said, "Not try to ruin their relationship." I said, "If you are truly uh, doing all," I said, "I'm not in your house." But if you're truly doing all that you say that you're doing and you're doing the best that you can and you're doing your land, the foundation, everything like you're supposed to be doing, all you can do is let your efforts speak for themselves. And in time, she should be able to see that. I said, but you absolutely, whether, you know, how toxic it looks or not, it's like you're absolutely not in position and should not be be trying to come, should not try to come between her and her mother because you just said, you, you know, that you would have a negative reaction if she tried to come between you and your father or you and your mother. And so it goes in several different, it goes in several different ways. And I think that's just an example of how um, either way, like, you know, it goes back to kind of like the original point or point like, uh, or, or like the quote, the book, like you can have a close relationship with the parent, but at some point you have to be like your own person. As a man, you have to be when you're engaged in a relationship with another woman, like you got to be that guy. You can't be a son with her. 
if you were if you were already raised like your girlfriend or your wife shouldn't be raising you you're supposed to be her other half you're supposed to be in a symbiotic relationship not a parasitic relationship not one where she is you know what i'm saying she shouldn't be having to tell you you know make your bed up clean up around the house tie your shoes all that type of crazy stuff and as remedial as that sounds there's some dudes out there who's like they like their girlfriend and their wife has to you know have to behave like that with them and that is a lot of uh emotional labor and burden on them that in time could see that relationship come to an end because she's only going to be able to take so much i think you keep saying something very interesting and that's when men decide to engage in another relationship with another woman with another woman and that's interesting because again that's comparing the relationship with your mother to a romantic relationship those two shouldn't be the same thing it shouldn't be when a man decides that's to what i just said i know what i'm saying that's what you are saying and that's also like problematic because it's not like but it is the way i said it didn't indicate that you're engaging in the same relationship but you with your girlfriend or your significant other as your mother i didn't say that matter of fact i just articulated that the two should be different you're supposed to have a relationship with your mom or your dad. You're okay, supposed to have a relationship you with your parents. but you shouldn't then say when you get into another relationship with the woman you're going to be with. No, because some because people are single and they're not in relationships at all. Okay, well then you should phrase that different because it sounds like that your mom is your first like relationship. And then when you decide to get with a girl, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, those are so different. And I just they're have different. to take it back to if a woman spoke that way and felt that way about her dad and get raised eyebrows and it'd be like you were weird like something's wrong with that not from the standpoint that i give of what like i said even when i work with my clients the relationship you have with your parents mm -hmm. is your first relationship as a child that doesn't indicate that it's a romantic relationship or anything else it's a relationship it is a parent child relationship some people who are not started dating or whatever have not engaged in another relationship yet or if they do, they have engaged in a, re a relationship with a friend. It's a friendship. Mm -hmm. Those are still relationships. Mm -hmm. I think you just have an issue with the word relationship. Because well, any no. type of connection that you have with another individual is a relationship. Whether it be romantic, mm -hmm. familial, or friendly. Mm -hmm. They're all relationships. You just seem to like get weird about, oh, a relationship with somebody outside your parents. That is your first relationship. And for a lot of individuals, that's where you learn how to treat your significant other. Whether you learn a bad example of this is what I don't do because I've only seen negative romantic relationships between my parents mm -hmm. or their boyfriends or girlfriends. Or you see a positive example of I've seen nothing but actual love, not cohabitating, not hate, not violence. But I've seen actual love between my parents. And that's the type of relationship I want to have with an individual when I engage with them romantically. First of all, you're going to stop talking to me like I'm remedial or else we're going to have issues. Secondly, to you like you're, you're going to let you're me finish my statement. No, you don't have to break things down to me like I'm in the third grade. And my whole point of this is the relationship with your parents is different than your romantic relationship. When did I yes, say that they a relationship is a relationship. I understand that because you can have friendships and whatever, whatever. Like I'm not negating any of that. 
but to compare the relationship with your parent to your romantic relationship should not be a thing that should not be a comparison and that was the whole point i was making especially the relationships that men have with their mothers should not then directly translate to the girl i'm going to or the woman i'm going to cohabitate with needs to essentially be my mother and proxy i just said that and you want to argue about it oh my gosh i'm not arguing what am I arguing? I literally about? just said that. Did you? I did. did I literally you? just said that you don't have the same relationship, a romantic relationship that you're having with the significant other that you have with your parent. That your parents' relationships with one another or a step parent or whatever else mm-hmm. can be a good example of what you want with your significant other. But it is toxic and problematic mm-hmm. to have the same relationship with your parents as you do your significant others. That does not work out. Anyways, you get on my nerves. I'm not argumentative. Thank you very much. <laughs> next quote from the book, please. So my next quote, or not not quote. Well, this doesn't relate to like relationships. So I'll say that for the end. But the other thing I wanted to ask you about in a non-argumentative way is why do you think there's like hesitancy or fear for a man to have that conversation with his mom and say like, look, mom. You need to be respectful of my wife, fiance, girlfriend, whatever. I need you to not be in our relationship so much. I am going to be spending more time with my family. Like, why is that such a hard thing? Because to me, it seems like some men feel like they have to break up with their mom in order to have a relationship with whomever their significant other is. And it shouldn't be like that. But that seems to be a very present thing, at least from the woman perspective. I think for a lot of men, luckily I've not had to experience that. Like my grandma and my uh, mom have, have always been very, very good about staying out of my relationships, uh, my romantic relationships, not giving me like any unwarranted advice. Like if I ask them about something, like they've always been very candid about, uh, in my experiences, this is what happened. But also, you know, laying out that, you know what I mean? Like, I'm also different than that person and so on and so forth. So they've, they've been very good with that. With some men, um, those that I've either been friends with and talked to, because this conversation has come, not a bunch, but a few times. And with more, more it's, it's a kind of a conversation that's come up with the men that I work with. Um, I think with for some of them, it's... Um, they're afraid to do it out of, re- out of respect. And for others who haven't learned how to really open up, because I think society also does a great job of kind of laying down the ground rules, especially for black men, that it's not safe for you to open up, not even to other men, you know, a lot of times. That their, their mom symbolizes the one person in their life that they could always trust. And they don't want to ruin, uh, ruin that relationship. Because this is an interesting thing, too. Um, I've heard... I remember, you know, especially when I was younger, I would hear like women say, um, say stuff like behind uh, every great man is a great woman. Or they would say, um, if you find a man that treats his woman great, you know, that was a man who's like, you know, his mom taught him. His mom is the one who taught him how to treat women well or, you know, he, he treats his mom great. And the, and the interesting thing is when um, I'm finding that that's a myth, actually. Because with most of the men that I uh, work with, I saw I, one day in a group, this is about a year and a half ago, I guess, asked the question, 
who taught you all about women? Um, and you got a myriad of answers. Some of them like their moms. Uh, some of them dudes from the street, their older brother, or cousin, or TV, whatever be the case. But what, what where it really got interesting is the ones who you asked, uh, the ones who said that their mom is the one who taught them about women. When you said, what did, what did your mom tell you about women? It was always something disparaging about other women. Don't trust them. They this. They that. It was always negative. That flies in the face of the remarks that I made earlier about, you know, hearing women say that get you a man, you know, any any man who treats his woman well, it's his mom who taught him that way. Because the men that I was working with are telling me straight to my face, now my mama called them B's and H's and said, don't trust them and this, that, and other. So for a lot of men who haven't had healthy relationships with anybody else, much less a woman, either even friends, even other guys, teachers, whoever it may be, if your only healthy relationship has been your mom, and in the way she's maybe she's been the one who's coddled you or whatever this whole time, and you have that almost seems like an unnatural bond or whatever, then yeah, that strikes a lot of fear in them because in this because because the fear is if I do that and I make my mom mad or she goes away from me or whatnot, the one person who's who I could count on my whole life, then I'm truly in this world by myself, and that is an extremely frightening place, especially for a black man when you are. Like I've talked about on this show before, black men and women, you know, we all thrive in a world that that has laws that want to kill us. And there are people who want to kill us because of what we look like. You know what I mean? And I've said, you know, frequently that black women have it worse because not only are they black, but they're women living in a male dominated world. But for black men like that, who have, you know, haven't been in a healthy environment to be able to trust and, and, and love themselves uh, in a in a way that's healthy enough to for them to be able to to open up and love other people and trust other people. That's a very frightening thing to to think. Man, I'm potentially pushing away the one person that I actually trusted and I know loved me in this world for a girl who I don't know if she's gonna be around months later or a year later. I don't know if you know. I've had many girlfriends. You know, what I'm saying who's to say she's different or the fact that we're having this that I have to have this conversation with my mom maybe indicates that there's something not good between me and my, you know what I'm saying, me and my girl. We had an argument about it. So that's why I got to have a conversation with my mom. And if I'm already arguing with her, do I need to push away my mom? You know what I'm saying? And, and she's been the only person I trust. Again, not saying it's right or whatnot, but what, it, what I think it indicates really is like a strong need for us to start developing uh, more, put more systems in place or just, Really uh, constructing a more a, a better environment uh, in our culture and in our homes for little boys to 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 be able to feel comfortable like dealing with emotions, knowing what it means to open up, knowing the difference between what an actual relationship is. Is it a symbiotic relationship where both people are growing, loving each other, and getting something from it? Is it a parasitic relationship where only one person is growing? And actually getting something another person is being torn down? Or is it just cohabitating? Just po Both people just exist and they don't get anything from each other. And they don't even know what love looks like. So then therefore when they actually encounter it, they don't know how to behave. You know what I mean? They either go overboard, we're trying to give it back. Or it's so unfamiliar and so scary, they run away from it. Even though they say that that's what they want, they have no idea what it actually feels like. So they fight it when somebody actually tries to love them. I.e. maybe this young lady that they met. You know what I mean? Who who really cares about them, but sees that dynamic between him and his mom is like, uh-uh, I ain't competing with your mama. 
You know what I mean? That's that's you can have your mama, but we different. And and he doesn't know how to respond to that. So again, it's not right, but if we again, if we want to change that, we really got to change the environment and and what we're teaching little boys about like about relationships in general and teaching them that your relationship with your mom is different from your relationship with your dad and it's different from your relationship with your friends and a, a relationship between, you know what I'm saying, a significant other or somebody that you, you, you know, you want to engage in romantically. I, that's where I see the real hang up and issues. Does that, does that make any sense? Yeah, okay. Alright. Don't, does that make any sense to me? Ooh. I'm just asking if it makes sense. No, you take everything sense. as if somebody's trying to be combative with you. <laughs> It's a defense mechanism. Um, I see. I do think that, and this is probably a controversial statement, but I have had conversations with one of my really good friends about it a couple of times. I do think that moms set their sons up for failure in the sense, in the sense that they take away all accountability, but from a young age kind of impose this, like, you're the love and of my dads. life. and But I'm specifically talking about moms. Yeah. As far as moms will be like, I'm so in love with you. And I'm so in love with my son. And you're like the love of my life. And you're like my little man. And you're like all of this. Which some women do it like endearingly, I suppose. But I think some women very much mean that. And I think that once the man grows older that really has potential to be like really dangerous for like growth and development and then past relationships. But it's something interesting I'm noticing as I get older and older, women's reaction to their sons versus their daughters. And I do believe the statement that, especially in the black community, like women raise their daughters, but like nurture their sons. Like women women that I know who have sons, the way they talk about their son is just so different. Like, oh, my son is everything. And I just, like, love him so much. And it's almost like a fetish. How do you say Fetishization. That? Yes. And that's, like, a strong word. And I don't want to use that word. But right. I don't know another word that compares. But that's almost what it seems I would say, like. I would say that has a direct correlation to the fact that <clears throat> when it comes to your sons and your daughters, mm-hmm. when you think about something negative happening to your daughter... You think about your daughter getting pregnant, mm-hmm. especially in a black community. Mm-hmm. Not to say other things don't happen, like women are getting raped, murdered, and stuff mm-hmm. like that, too. I'm not saying that that does not happen. It, it very much does, more than we know. Um, there are so many missing young black girls out there. But as far as the storylines of what you see in the media mm-hmm. and what you hear about in the community, you hear about or you worry about you're in a black community, your daughter coming back pregnant. Mm-hmm. You worry about your son getting killed or locked up, though. And so I think that there is an overreaction by parents and to moms where that is part of the whole, like, you raise your daughter, you're doing the overly nurturing your son or whatever because you're afraid that your son's going to die. Your daughter's going to get pregnant, but you still got her. Your son's going to die. And on top of that, too, that that is, it is that added dimension of, well, like what I said at the beginning of the show, like, not allowing that little boy to be a little boy. Yeah, the daddy might not be there. But allow him to be a kid. Yeah, he might have other responsibilities. But allow him to be your son. He's not your boyfriend. He's not the man of the house. And by the way, let me also, because any chance I get to, I like to also address that. 
even though the father might not be in the house. I also like to, anytime I get a chance to debunk that myth, the black men out there, because as I said, there's a CDC study out there that shows that black men are actually more directly involved with their, uh, the everyday lives of their children than any other race of men. We're just more likely to not live in the house or be married to our spouses. Not saying you said that. I'm just saying before anybody, you know, hears that and gets the wrong idea or whatnot. And so, again, not saying it's right or wrong, but I think that may be part of the issue. It's a twofold issue. It's moms not knowing how to allow the, their sons to be, be in a kid's place. And you are being, in a way, I think it's being selfish. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to fill that romantic hole or space in your heart. You know what I'm saying? Or, or uh, with, you know, letting your son take that place. And two, that my son could go outside and not be here. And my daughter could go outside and she might come back, get involved with somebody on like or get pregnant. That's just uh, so dismissive. Not, 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 not that I'm saying that's your view, but that's yeah, just so dismissive of the is. worst thing that can happen to my daughter if she gets pregnant. But think about it. Because cause with the work that you do, you work with, you've worked with families and stuff too. You gonna tell me that's not like a narrative or a story that you've heard out there? No, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that it's incredibly dismissive, and, and it's, and it's damaging because look at look what it's doing to our sons and daughters. Well, like what you're pointing out, but it's just like that. Why do we continue to let that be the narrative when we know that that's not 100% true? Well, like, yes, men are disproportionately put in prison. Like that's all. Yes, that's true. But to think that. My daughter means so less, and this is being dramatic, that if she comes home pregnant, I'm disowning her, whereas my son can go to prison for murder, and I'm going to be there every weekend and put money on. Like, it's just like, it blows my mind the way that women are treated in that aspect. But then, again, just speaking how that goes into relationships, and 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 I think I think that proves, and I think that what what you just said also lays out the undercurrent of, uh, misogyny that has just been so like prevalent Mm -hmm. in our culture and our society Mm -hmm. that it's not even seen as that because what you just explained like that's misogyny like your son could do this or that or whatever and you're going to be there for him but your daughter something happens with your daughter or whatever and you're kind of dismissive or you disown it or whatnot that in my opinion that that to me, that looks an awful lot like misogyny. Yeah, it's just super dismissive. And something that's just making me think of that, not that something that I had written down, was this whole ride-or-die culture. I fucking hate that. <laughs> like, oh, I need me a girl that's going to ride or die for me. The fuck? Like, no, absolutely not. But the fact that that's an expectation is like, this girl is going to go to jail for me or she's going to hold my this or do this. And like, that's just the given. And if you don't, you're like a bitch and you're this and you're that. Like that well, is and, insane. Well, to first me. and foremost, if I haven't had a daughter, I'm going to tell you, forget all the ride or die stuff. You shouldn't even be dealing with a dude who's expecting to possibly have to go to jail. But or do you know what I mean, though? Like, that's I get what such you're a thing. Like, first of all, I ask way too many questions. So that would not even, they'd be like, no, get the fuck out of the car. But besides the point, like, as a young girl, it's like, oh, I want to be someone's rider. Like, that's such an honor to be someone's rider die. And it's like, he's literally saying you're disposable. Like, that's not a term of endearment whatsoever. Again, when you live in a male dominated world, that stuff is baked so deep in our culture that you don't even see it for what it is oh that's um as a, and i'll tell you i'll tell you something that i can't stand as a black man though and i was there this happened like four or five years ago i was out with my boys in uptown and we we no this was yeah it's about four or five years ago 
Um, and I was at my boys in Uptown. And one of my guys uh, knew this group of girls who came up and he was talking to them or whatnot. And I'm just kind of just doing my own thing, not really paying a whole lot of attention. Like, I'm, I'm paying attention, but I'm not really paying because I don't really know them. So uh, he begins to ask. No, she. one of them begins to. I don't know what, what was said to her by one of my other guys. But she began to say some stuff like, she's like, I ain't uh, trying to talk to no dude, not unless he's making not like 90 to 100 grand a year. He ain't got no kids. He got a degree. He drive this type of car, yada, yada, yada. Now, ironically enough, I had just heard her earlier. She got like three kids, two baby daddies. Nothing wrong with that if you do, but it's just, uh, but I'm going to get to my point. No degree, barely got out of high school, and if I'm not mistaken, wasn't working. So my first thought is, if you ain't been working and you got this kid, what the hell are you doing out? You, <laughs> you need to be trying to find some sort of income. Terrible. Two, how the hell you got these all these different standards and requirements for a dude to be with you, but you don't have those same standards or requirements for yourself? Again, that's a setup to not be in a symbiotic relationship. She was looking for a come up. And as a black man who is educated, who has a good job, who doesn't have any kids, stuff like that, that's something that I have come across several times. And I'm just like, are you serious right now? Like, not to say on me, because I can take care of myself. I've always taken care of myself. But don't have standards for me when you ain't bringing nothing to the table. Like, you bringing nothing. Like, sister literally said, didn't have no job. Sister literally said he got to be driving this type of car. And it, was, it wasn't the fact that she... The, I think the part that really set me off was the fact that he had to be making like almost six figures and drive like a super nice car. Because to me, that's just like the materialistic part about mm-hmm. it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, mm-hmm. so, you know, like part of me saying, I was like, oh, so if he got, a, he got all that stuff, but he go upside your head and treat your kids bad, it's okay? Like, what the hell are your... What are your where are your priorities at? Like, that's not, that shouldn't be okay. No. But two, it's like, he got to have all of that and you have nothing. Like, you have nothing. You ain't even trying to do nothing. Like, I can understand if you don't have much, but you still working trying to do better for yourself. To me, it's about it's about what you got on the inside. Like, do you have the, the grit, the, the, the grit in yourself, the, the hustle in yourself to want to do better? Now, our, our do better doesn't have to look the same, mm-hmm. but you just have to have display a type of hunger to always want to be the best version of yourself that you can. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm about, right? Mm-hmm. When you don't even want to do that, but yet you got lofty, which in today's economy is kind of unrealistic standards <laughs> for anybody else. In today's economy, though, wow. In today's economy, for, for somebody to be making six figures. Mm-hmm. And be driving like a, a $80,000, $90,000 car? Mm-hmm. Come on now. How many folks you know personally to do that? I don't know that many. I know a few. Yeah, I don't know very many. Exactly. That's my point. Well, I will say, I'm glad that you said that our, I don't remember what you said, our driver or whatever can look different. Because that is true. I think with how men have certain narratives, women have certain, are told certain narratives. And what's successful for a woman is something different than what's successful for a man. So you talked about like societal pressures, societally 
the man is meant to be the provider and the breadwinner mm-hmm. and the protector and all of these things. The message for women is you are supposed to take care of your man. So me not having a job, and I'm speaking generally, I don't see that as me not being successful. I might not have a job. I might not have an education. I might not have a career, but I can take care of my man. That's success. So she may very well come into that saying, well, I don't have these things, but I can take care of you. And I'm not saying that that's right, but I'm saying I can see how that mind so, frame can be. So I will say, and I've said this before on a show, uh, on, on one of my shows, um, when I work with families, I always tell families, like, it's not about sticking to stereotypical gender roles. I actually mm-hmm. advise them not to. Mm-hmm. I always talk to them about, you stick to the role that you and your partner agree with. Mm-hmm. If that's what makes y'all happy... Who cares what anybody else says? Mm-hmm. Which I so agree de- with. So despite what I said, what you're saying is very much true. If she were to find a man that fit those standards mm-hmm. and he was happy with where she was or how mm-hmm. she felt or how she thought and vice versa, then to me, I think that's a perfect match. That's mm-hmm. a great relationship. That's a healthy relationship mm-hmm. because they're both happy with what both are getting out of it. Mm-hmm. And they feel like they're both growing. True. I have two more I'm questions. Saying, I'm saying me personally. Mm-hmm. Just as you don't like that whole, like, ride or die chick type of thing, my idea, I don't stick to stereotypical gender mm-hmm. roles, but what, whoever I decide to be with mm-hmm. should not be looking at me as just like, I'm a come up. Like, they're not supposed to bring nothing to the table. That being said, I don't need you to bring a fat check to the table. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I, I don't look for materialistic things. Mm-hmm. But the way she was talking is what I'm saying. The way she was talking was... I have all these lofty standards mm-hmm. for this person to take care of me, and I don't do anything. That's how it came across to me. That's what I was irritated about. No, and I was, that's, that's why I was just like, are you serious? Nevertheless, you're right. If that's how she is, and she happens to find a dude who wants that, because there are some dudes who want Absolutely. that out there. There are some guys who want that out there. It just ain't me. Absolutely. But You know what I mean? Then great for them. Okay. You know what I, mean? I have two questions. Yep. Is it bad that she stated that from a go? Because it's not, she, it sounds like she very much is like, this is what I'm looking for. So can you also fault her for being honest? So this is the thing. I don't know if she said that from the go or not, because like I said, I was half paying attention Mm -hmm. to the conversation because she wasn't, she wasn't, yeah. And she wasn't directed to me. She was Mm -hmm. talking to one of my friends. Mm -hmm. I just heard it. And I was just like, what? I do have to say kudos to this young lady for being up front because she could have lied and did whatever and then gotten into a relationship with said person and then said this. So I do give points for honesty. My second question is, do you believe in leagues? Like people are in leagues and you can date outside, outside or, of your league whatever or whatever. Because so that poses an interesting question about so material is, success. So this is the thing. I very much did used to think that way um, when I was younger. And it was usually always me never thinking I was in somebody else's league. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, and, and I've, people who know me know that I've always been the type to never approach women. I've never considered myself like this quote unquote ladies man. I've, mm-hmm. I've considered myself to, not that I wasn't a confident person, but I just wasn't a person to put myself out there to approach women or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there were, that being said, there were different women or whatever that I would see, especially when, you know what I'm saying, when I was single or whatnot. And I'd be like, even if I was the type to approach a woman, I ain't even gonna go there. I'm gonna just let it be what it is. You know what I'm saying? That is so cute. <laughs> like I like I wouldn't even do it. 
Um, now, as I've matured and learned more about myself and just learned more in general, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? That the, the longer you live, if you're actually paying attention, the more wiser you become. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in that because there are some people who, uh, on the service level, have so much going for them. But on the inside are rotten ass individuals that you would be absolutely miserable with. This is true. There are some people out there that have absolutely nothing to give, but you would trust them with your life because they are just beautiful people inside, and you know you know what you're gonna get from them. So with that being said, no, I don't. I feel like as I've grown older and gotten a little bit wiser, mm -hmm. I don't believe in leagues. I believe it's what does. I believe in healthy relationships. I'll put it that way. Okay. What like, what does that other person bring to you? Can the two of you grow in a symbiotic way? Mm -hmm. Do you both provide and nurture each other in the way that you both need? Because the way one person needs to be nurtured might not be the way the other person needs to be nurtured. That's true. Right? And so, can you support one another and nurture each other in the way that you need to be nurtured? Love each other the way that you need to be loved so that you're both happy, mm -hmm. healthy, and can provide a, ha a happy home for each other and children shall you you know shall you decide to do that mm -hmm. um so that's what i believe in and you you could be surprised what that looks like there have been situations or you know couples that i've seen that like anybody else you'd be like you look at the duty you look at the girl you'd be like how in the hell does that work are you talking about physical does. traits i've seen it physically but I've also seen it emotionally because I've I've been in, in uh, different like galas or parties or mm -hmm. you know stuff like that and seeing people will have their significant other or their date or whatever with mm -hmm. them and one seems like such a delightful person and the one is like there's no there's no way I could stand ten minutes with them but if that situation I'm not in that house mm -hmm. you know I don't I'm not around those individuals day to day if they are indeed a couple and they're mm -hmm. happy with each other. As annoying as I think one is, and as an and as a, you know delightful as I think the other is, mm -hmm. then they are obviously providing something to one another that where they're both happy and healthy, uh, healthy with one another, and that shouldn't be shame. That that should be okay. okay. So, because you can you can be in somebody's quote unquote league, mm -hmm. intellectual or out of somebody's league intellectually, emotionally, you know what I'm saying, or or you know with the material stuff. Um, if you t if you choose to think about relationships in that way, mm -hmm. um, but I t as I told you, I kind of grew out of that and kind of look at it as like, what type of relationship can this person could I have with this individual? Like, what could this person bring to my life to make sure that I'm happy and healthy? And do I have what it takes to do the same for them? Because. Mm -hmm. Just trying to, I think it takes a lot of energy to be in a parasitic relationship, whether they're the parasite or you are. Because this is the thing. That's Who true. wants to be in a relationship with somebody? They're doing everything for you. You you glowing. You mm -hmm. blowing up. But then you got to listen to them complain about what they're not getting from you. That ain't a happy household to me. Yeah. So, me as an individual, I would want to be like, you know what? I can't do this no more. Like, i obviously not making this person happy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to come home and hear these, like, complaints to hear about how I'm insufficient yeah. emotionally or intellectually for this person to make them happy. Like, mm -hmm. this is not going to work no matter how great I feel. Like, at all the people out there in the world, there's got to be somebody else where mm -hmm. we can do the same for one another. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair. I think we're going down the rabbit hole, which is wonderful. How do you feel or how do men, do you think men feel about when women approach them? 
Shit, that's the only way it's gonna work for me because I ain't okay, got an image. I don't going. speak for you individually, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, collectively, is it off putting if a woman, like. I, don't know, I think you get a mixed bag. I think some guys like it. I think there's some of those guys out there that are, like, super duper traditional mm-hmm. where it is off putting for them and they don't like the woman when she does that or mm-hmm. they think, you know, something negative about her, like, oh, she's easy because she came up to talk to me. Oh, I think all of that. I think all, I think all of that is, like, BS. Like I said, it. it Whatever it comes down to the individual, and, mm-hmm. and 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 what and and what you can provide for one another, but but it's a mixed bag. I've heard some dudes who, I know some dudes who are like can't stand it if a woman's the same height as them or taller than them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's that's some true. guys who, that's but I, but I think to to me mm-hmm. that stuff boils down to maturity and security. Like if you're somebody, there's a difference between preferences and insecurity. And speaking mm-hmm. in terms of men. Mm-hmm. I think when men, because we live in a male-dominated world, we're taught that we have to think of things revolving around us. We have to be the head of this. We have mm-hmm. to control this. We have to control that. I think when women do it, it's not necessarily insecurity. I think it's preference. When men do it, I think it's insecurity, though. Ooh, I'm going to be honest about that. That's interesting. Because, because, like you said, in a lot of ways, y'all raised and we nurtured. We're we are raised in a way to where we're like self centered about a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So if things aren't the perfect conditions for us, or we don't feel like we are the center, or we're running the show about something, if there's mm-hmm. anything that threatens our supremacy, mm-hmm. and I'm speaking in, in 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 general terms, like I said, like I think for a lot of men, like they don't like that, and that that speaks to their insecurity. Women, because they weren't raised, most women that I know, mm-hmm. because they weren't raised with the world revolving around them and stuff like that, I think if a woman would be like, oh, I got to have a dude that's taller than me or whatever, I don't think, or, or the same, whatever whatever her pre- preferences got to be when it comes to that, I, don't, I think more times than not, not to say that it couldn't be a matter of insecurity, but I think more times than not, if you want to compare women to men, mm-hmm. with men it's insecurity and with women it's just preference. Oh, that's really interesting. That's really interesting. Okay. Wait a minute. What you think? Because you throwing out all these questions. Well, because I thought I was meant to be interviewing you. You're not interviewing me. Oh. <laughs> what do I think this about? This is the show we're having a conversation. <laughs> well, whatever. What was? What do I think about what? You just asked me about whether or not like. You asked me how like men felt when yeah. it came to. You just saying yeah, like you already know what I'm about to say. Well, because so I don't question. know how men feel when women approach them. But ask them. What, how do women feel when men approach them, or do you feel oh. like it should be okay for women to approach men? Well, I don't. I think it's if someone's interested in you, you should, or if you're interested in someone, you should do it. But I'm also someone that doesn't. I'm also someone that, um, like believes in doing what you want to, not in like the extent of taking it crazy. But I do think that you should live with no regrets. And it's like, if you want to talk to somebody or if you wanted to do something, I feel like you should do it. The worst that could happen is it's like, oh, no, I'm not interested or whatever. I mean, obviously, the worst that could happen is like death or something. So for like, (laughs) well, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you getting killed for asking somebody out. I mean, but some people. It's a bigger issue. (laughs) Some people are are weird, but I've never seen an issue with it. I wouldn't say I'm like the most confident person ever, but it's just like I've approached men before. And I think, like you said, the reaction is mixed, but it's just like, if I think you're cute, I'm going to be like, oh, wow, you're really good looking or something or Mm -hmm. whatever the comment may be. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't see it as like a power move either like i don't know i don't know how it is from the male perspective being like oh i'm gonna go talk to this girl and i do think just from being a woman 
it's not like something you have to like hype yourself up with and it's like yeah I'm gonna go talk to him over there or this this and this and you don't plan it generally you just kind of like go and make a comment or whatever it may be but I don't I don't think 90% of the relationships I've been in the woman would have had to initiate it that is so matter of fact my friends have said that like I'm oblivious <laughs> to stuff when we've been out they've been like dude gosh for real they've said like I'm oblivious to stuff but I've just never, like I told you, like I, growing up, I was the funny looking nerdy kid that everybody had jokes about. So I, it was never, it was never in me to really like go up and approach. But like I said, mm-hmm. and maybe that's also a reason why I am the reverse of some of these super, super mm-hmm. traditional old fashioned guys mm-hmm. who are like, oh, you got to approach her and stuff like that. I'm just like, nah, you do whatever the hell works for y'all is what I'm about. Like, yeah, that's true. whatever works for folks. I. I think when you start to get to, let me say this. Let me rephrase it. Traditions are cool to a point, mm-hmm. but when they get to the but when they go to the go as far as to the point where they starting to feel oppressive, mm-hmm. or something like that, or like one side like make a new tradition, do something yeah. else. Like well, I feel that. I feel that. That's I'm, so interesting about you. I've always like, been I'm such never, a direct person. Like I'm the same person that'll be like. You've been looking at me for an hour. Are you going to say hi? Like, I've said that. I've also been the person that's like, oh, wow, like, you're really good looking. Or, like, stop touching me. Or you're, like, too close to me. So that's just so interesting. I've always just been no, very I won't say direct. Jack. And I could be looking at somebody and or feel, like, think something about somebody and not say a damn thing. How? Like, that fact, was, listen, how? I'm trying to tell you. I, that's, that's, that's just how I, that's just since being a little kid. That is That's how I've been. so interesting. I think the I wind up approaching. Well, it was a story from my childhood of when I actually did like I was like in fourth grade and I approached I approached this girl and I got clowned. Third grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got clowned and I think that set the tone for me being like, you know what? I can't even do it. Like I'm not even gonna do it no more. Cause she made she made sure to know that the whole class knew about it, and she made sure to crack mad jokes about it and I think ever since then like I'm not like like I don't think like, like I'm not stuck on it or whatever but that kind of like set my default normal to well, just don't say nothing and just let it be what it is so ah. even though even though I've, like I've grown and matured and like such a different person I'm just still just like eh well whatever I thrive off of rejection I remember being I don't know what grade I was in maybe like the fourth or fifth and I had this crush on this kid in school and he was a black kid and he told me he was like ugh I couldn't date you your lips are too big you would kiss me and I would suffocate what? and I was just like but you're black and your lips are bigger than mine and my heart was like <laughs> broken for like a day and then I was like well so and so likes my lips so I'm fine like I would, that would never like deter me from being like I'm not gonna you try move on, again hey, you move on quick when you're young you know. But then, like, the third grade, and you let that, like, that, ugh. Hey, look. I mean, can say nasty things. I've had nasty things said to me. I I have not approached very many people, so it's not like I got a huge sample size. That is, like, so but sweet. But anyway, whatever. What's okay, the next okay. little, because we got sorry, this sorry. whole thing of notes on here. I'm so sorry. Um. Okay, we pretty much hit every point. The last point was something that was in the book and it doesn't necessarily I mean it might but it wasn't specific that it related to relationships between sons and mothers but the quote in the book was about tradition which you were talking about um, 
You didn't say traditions over it, did you say? Did you say traditions? I did. Okay, you did say traditions. Um, so it says, the man, the traditional man wants a woman to be subservient, but never falls in love with the subservient woman. He's attracted to the independent woman. He's like an exotic bird collector. He only wants a woman, woman is who is easy. he only wants a woman who is free because his dream is to put her in a cage. I don't know about I all that. Damn, that was so interesting when I read that. I don't I know like, about mm-hmm. all that putting in the cage shit. That's, that sounds a little crazy to me. But I will. Okay, but, but I will. In, but in I will say that you have though. Do you think men think that way? Not you personally, but do you think that is a thing? Oh yeah, I've heard some men say that. So for instance, I'll give you a prime example. I'll break it down racially for you. Mm-hmm. I've heard some sad, misguided brothers say they don't want to date black women because they're too difficult or too independent or whatever. And that's mm-hmm. the reason why they date outside of their race or whatnot. I date anybody, no matter what race they are or whatever, mm-hmm. just because it's whatever. Like, what do you bring to the table? Mm-hmm. Can you have an intellectual conversation? Do I feel happy? Do I feel good when I'm around you? Mm-hmm. Do I think about you when, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're not around. That's some of the criteria for me. Are you trying to grow and do better for yourself? Mm-hmm. Are you a good individual? Do you provide in your community? Like, that matters. There are some brothers that I've heard say, like, literally have cut off a whole race or group of women based on, like, how easy it is to talk to them or get by with something. And I think that's sad. And two, once again, I'm telling you, just like the height thing that I talked about earlier, that speaks to the insecurity of the dude. Mm-hmm. And I will tell any woman who has been around a dude like that, guess what? You don't want him either. Because the thing is, if he's insecure about that, mm-hmm. he's insecure about some other things too. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be uh, in a situation like that or in a relationship with, with, with somebody like that down the, uh, you know, down the road after you've gotten like so emotionally invested. It's not anything cute. So then why is it what's like put out there like oh, I want a girl that's going to be submissive to me and this like is what is that like just listen, a dominance I think, thing? Listen, I think ultimately I think some dudes are just like some women because there's some uh, listen I got sisters and they hit me to the game there's some women out there who just want a challenge or they just want to see if they can get somebody there are some women out there who are after a dude's attention as soon as he gets it they're disinterested Hmm. there are men who behave the exact same way Mm -hmm. men and women in a lot of ways are exactly the same oh 100% it's just this, you know, it's just because of stereotypes mm-hmm. that they have you thinking that they're completely different. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're very different in some ways. Mm-hmm. They're night and day in some ways. In a lot of ways, they are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I just need to put that out there. I'm not disagreeing. So, yeah. <laughs> that's so true. That ties, brings up something different, which I think is not even that's just a whole other thing anyways i won't even say it but anyways so why is it this whole thing that it's like i need a woman that's going to be submissive and not do this when in reality you they don't want that i I can't answer that because i can't relate i've never been that type i was i have been one who's always had the mindset of i want to like i want a strong independent woman and and this is my reasoning why Mm -hmm. i've always been somebody who said that i I wanted to have a family Mm -hmm. and one of my biggest one of the things that I always worried about was, um, and even more so, um, as of five years ago, five years ago I almost died. Um, I spent some time in the ICU, and, and, it, and it, this feeling can became and thought it became even more pronounced then. Mm-hmm. If I die, I don't want to leave, like be leaving this world or leave this world, having to worry about whether my wife and kids are going to be okay. Mm-hmm. 
if I have a strong, independent woman, I know she's going to be all right. I know that she's going to be strong enough to, to carry on by herself. Or, or, or shall she decide to get remarried or whatever? Mm-hmm. That she's going to be strong and wise enough to pick a man mm-hmm. who's going to treat her well and treat my kids well. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have to worry about that. Think about how much like agony or horror you would feel to be leaving this planet and being like, yo, my wife and kids is going to be like... That's true. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's scary to me. And when I leave this earth, I want it to be peaceful. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? That's that's all I want. I don't want to be in agony. I don't want to be worried about nothing. I just want to be peaceful. Shall I be lucky enough to have it that way? Who knows? You know what I'm saying? But I think that's something that just about everybody deserves. If I didn't have a strong uh, woman, that would be something that I would worry about. So, as far as... Being able to give you an answer to dudes mm-hmm. who want a submissive woman or does whatever, I can't relate. <laughs> do you think that, to tie it all back, do you think that has to do with the relationships with their moms and being, like, told yes to everything and given everything and whatever? Some of it. I think some of it does. I think having that unhealthy relationship with your mom creates insecure men. Hmm. Um, and if I, I thought I said that earlier, but if I didn't, I'm definitely saying it now. I don't think I said it earlier. I said, uh, you know, I was saying some other stuff. But... I think having an unhealthy relationship with your mother or your father really mm-hmm. creates insecure men. We already start off behind the eight ball because we're brought up in a male dominant world. Like mm-hmm. I told you, we're we're, we're brought up brought up or raised in a world to by default, even though it's not directly like taught to us, and then some for some of us it is like we look at things in a very self centered manner, mm-hmm. you know, and so and when you have to look at things in a very self centered manner. You're very insecure when something doesn't go your way. It makes you very uneasy. Because, you know, naturally, a lot of human beings, like, we, like, very few people that I've run into um, are okay with not being able to control things or being in control of stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, that doesn't mean control people in their relationships. They can be very loving, free will person in a relationship, but very controlling and controlled about everything else around their life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like... All this has to be on time. All this has to go this way. Things have to be that way. This order has to happen. This order. This. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. Mm-hmm. But when it's unchecked and out of control, it's very unhealthy. Um, and, 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 it, and it reeks of insecurity. Um, and so I don't think that that's just with mom. That's, you can get that with dads, too. I've seen some dudes who are were not mama's boys at all or very much consider themselves manly men and all up under their mm-hmm. dad or whatever. But I could threaten their manhood real easily. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I remember, like, when I, I like loud and bright colors. Mm-hmm. I know some dudes who consider themselves to be very manly and stuff like that. Get real weird if you mention something simple as, like, them wearing a pink shirt. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Good grief. That's it, obnoxious. It is. And I think it takes a lot of energy over something stupid, but. Well, you answer all of my questions. I do want to play devil's advocate for a second. Who do you think the more insecure sex, uh, women or men? I think... I think it's set up for men to be that way. Unfortunately, I've encountered a lot of women who are like that too. But you know what? You can probably make the argument that it was... 
maybe negative relationships or interact interactions with other other individuals that made them that way. Um, if you if you want to go by what I've been talking about this whole conversation, I think you'd have to say men. Um, but I don't know. I, I, like I said, I've encountered my fair share of insecure women. What about you? Oh, I'm not answering the question. I was just asking. Answer the question. But I asked it. My, my answer would be the same. Well, <laughs> yes. Even if it was like 51-49%. But I think the ways in men... <laughs> but it's still the men. <laughs> but I think the ways in which men display their insecurity is... Vastly different. Absolutely. Just like the ways that it manifests is we just like insane. I like, think we overposture. A hundred percent. So I think that's why I would say men, just because, like, just how it presents is so extreme sometimes. And it's like, are you okay? Do you need a hug? Like, what's going on? I once, I I read uh, Mike Tyson's The Undisputed Truth. And there's a quote in the book that said a lot. It actually spoke directly to me. Um, Not from an insecurity standpoint, but from a standpoint of, you know what? Nah. Maybe it was. Not an insecurity about... myself emotionally but professionally because i've always been very driven mm-hmm. goal you know goal oriented and driven mm-hmm. professionally um the quote in this book said i'm like a peacock i always have to like i always have to uh prove myself mm-hmm. um and that jumped out to me because i'm just like i can win a win an award one week at work and then the next week, I'm like, what have I done lately? Like, I feel like I haven't done enough. Oh, like, I need so to do something. I need to, like, I'm driven that way. Um, I'm not like that when it comes to dealing with people, but when mm-hmm. it deals to my work, it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that I've gotten better with, but I think it's still a little bit unresolved. And I think that has a whole lot more to do, too, with just, like, like the legacy of my family. I have, like, my my parents, my grandparents, especially my, you know, my grandfather on my father's side is very was a very prominent uh which is, is funny i'm not religious but he's a very prominent pastor mm. uh, and he made a huge impact in communities back where he's from and mm-hmm. i mean when i'm going back visiting like people still talking like revere him talking about like literally shedding tears talking oh, about wow. him in front of me and i remember leaving that situation thinking like what the hell have i done with my life like i gotta do right by this man's like i need to really mm-hmm. make it i need to do something um and i think that that's something like a little unresolved that I have within myself that I do when it comes to professionally. Interesting. So I think maybe there is some insecurity with me professionally. Personally, when it comes to like, you know, comparing myself to other people or stuff like that, like on a personal, like a mental, emotional level, like I'm not that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> growing up kind of being a person who's kind of an outsider or the person that was picked on or ridiculed, mm-hmm. two things will happen to you. Either you'll be have low self-confidence and you'll become a follower mm-hmm. or you develop confidence in yourself and you become either a leader or at least strong enough to just do your own thing and not care what anybody else says. And for me, it was the latter. And mm-hmm. I got to credit my grandma for that. No matter what I did, that other people might be considered weird or whatever. Mm-hmm. She was always just like, just keep doing you or just, you know, tell people, leave him alone. Let him do his thing. So I've never been one like there's nothing that anybody else can really do or show me as an individual. If you're going to make a comparison like man to man or man to woman, then mm-hmm. I'm going to be insecure about. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't care nothing about that. But when it comes to upholding maybe a legacy for me, like mm-hmm. my family name or new goals or 
<clears throat> achieving new things like professionally because I'm also kind of a perfectionist. That's where my that's where my Achilles heel is. Oh, you don't say. Yeah, that's where my Achilles heel is at. Hmm. How about you? What do you mean? Like insecurities? Yeah. As far as what? Like, no, seriously. As far as what? You have to ask me a very. Do you have like? We just we just had the question of who has more insecurities, men or women. Mm-hmm. What are your insecurity, or where do you think that you're insecure as an individual? Mm, that's a good question. And before you start, I I would like to think too. We have an added dimension of it, or an added layer of it, because we are both African Americans, and so there's a different mantle that we carry. Mm-hmm. We were both whether it was told to us directly. Or we picked it up indirectly. I know this just from talking to you. We're both individuals that know and have consciously understand that whatever we do positive mm-hmm. speaks for ourselves. But whatever we do negative, we we could, you know what I'm saying, potentially like blanket the whole race. And I think most African Americans can, um, can kind of relate to that. They understand that. Now, whether they've come to grips with that and they've kind of thrown that monkey off their back and they've realized like that is just a symptom of a racist society or racism Mm -hmm. that we deal with that they shouldn't let that bother them that's one thing but i think at one at some point in time in any african-american person's life they have come to grips with that um that notion of that idea that that's an added uh layer to their life that could possibly make them insecure or as an added insecurity to whatever issues they may or may not have as an individual. I don't think that I am like a naturally insecure person by nature. I've been very fortunate in my Naturally career. insecure by nature. Leave me alone. <laughs> Shut up. You know what I mean? Um, in my career, I've been very fortunate. So I've, always been a very intellectual person so i've been blessed with intelligence so i've gotten to advance in my career pretty far and i've gotten to do all the things i've wanted to do in my career so far probably like ahead of schedule so i'm kind of like in a place that i'm bored which is first world problems but i'm not insecure in that aspect i'm not someone who like needs praise or recognition just because circumstances growing up it was never there so like if i know i did a good job that's good enough like i'm not someone that's like someone recognize what i did like i don't that's not i don't care for that that's awesome um as far as like physically i'm not insecure and this probably sounds vain but i there's my family just has really great genetics so i think i've just been (laughs) blessed genetically (laughs) And people have preferences, so some people might disagree. But even when I was, like, heavier, I was not like, oh, no, like, no one's going to like me. It was like, all right, fat Michelle's here, thick Michelle's here. We're just going to make it do what it does. Right. I think my insecurities come from relationships and, like, romantic relationships and, like, friendships. And then not so much my family anymore, but them like projecting their insecurities on me I think I'd take that in or if like someone that I really love and value and like really respect has like a criticism towards me then that's something that makes me insecure but it's like if 
someone who I don't really care about or acquaintance or whatever says something, I'm just like, well, fuck you. You don't know. But if it's like someone that I genuinely care about and they have a criticism towards me, that's where I get insecure. And it's like, oh, maybe I'm not like this badass that I think I am. It's got to feel horrible. It's got to feel like torture. It is. It's terrible. Yeah, because like I said, mine isn't like that. Mine isn't with, with individuals. Mine is like... It's like insecurity, like with myself, like that drive, like mm-hmm. you haven't. It, Cause in my mind, mm-hmm. I should already like hold like 300 Guinness Book of World Records, <laughs> have changed the constitution behind, be, like by myself, mm-hmm. have saved 500 puppies, 700 old people, been president six times, mm-hmm. made, make. you know, $7 yeah. billion. Yeah. And when I haven't done that, I'm like, what the hell have I done with my life? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? <laughs> when it, like I said, when it comes to, like, other people, relationships, I'm just like, eh. Like, no, whatever. That's my, I would probably say that's my insecurity. But I'm I not- wonder if my sense of, like, torture of not achieving the goals that I, like, have yet to achieve, if that feels anything like the kind of, like, what you talked about, you feel. I don't know. It's like a heart-wrenching thing. I'm, I'm very, I'm a very, like guarded person and my circle of friends like everyone's like my circle is so small but like literally i can count on one hand the people in my life yeah, that yeah, like yeah. mean anything so if one of those people were to say something like first of all they mean it that truly means there's a fault with me and i have to like look into myself and change it and that's like the i let you down and i let me down and there is something wrong with me and all i right. have to so, so i'm gonna ask this though is that really an insecurity or is that just like Keeping yourself in check. Is that just like self-improvement? Because everybody's got to have what I like to call um, uh, a personal roundtable, a personal board of advisors, people you trust that are good-hearted people that only want to see you do better. And so they're not trying to make you paranoid or anything. They're just like, oh, you can improve this or, oh, you can do that better. Because that's one thing that I, that I have um, after a mentor told me I should have that. And that's one thing that I've been working on. My insecurity of me wanting to compete with myself professionally and always Mm -hmm. achieve these goals one thing that i've been working on through my meditation and my yoga of being accepting of like one thing that uh one of my other guests on the show i had like a couple episodes ago who is a yoga instructor Mm -hmm. uh freya she was just like one thing that she had learned is like and that she said that i really kind of took the heart um was things are as they should be and Mm -hmm. so when i feel like my like myself being insecure about not winning yet another damn award, Mm -hmm. you know, at work or something like that. I'm like, things are exactly how they should be right now. You know what I mean? Like, I need to accept that. I mean, I think it can be all of that. But when it comes to, and maybe insecure is not the right word, but when it comes to, like, that making me feel insecure, it's the sense of being so vulnerable that I feel like sometimes those people know more of me than I know of me in certain aspects. So it's like the vulnerability of like truly exposing yourself to someone and then them pointing out something. And it's Making like... Making sure you ain't drinking your own Kool-Aid. Well, true. But then it's also <laughs> like... I don't know. It's just like... I Like I let you down. When it's like, then I let me down. Then I need to fix this. And then it's like, I don't like how this feels. I want to go into my own little bubble. So I think it can be everything. It's accountability and all mm-hmm. that other mm-hmm. stuff. But it is something that's like... I would say if I had insecurities, it would be like the people that I love, their thoughts about me. Because they're the same people that can make me feel like I'm untouchable. So it's like if they're like, mm, Michelle, then it's like, like no. Hold on, sister. 
Right. So, but I mean, I'm all for people keeping you accountable. So it's not like, oh, you're being an asshole today. Like, if it truly was like a Michelle, we need to sit down and talk about this thing that you did. All right. So let me ask you this question. Since you came in with these topics from this book, you know, questioning men. First of all, it was a wonderful book. And it was a wonderful topic from a man, from a male perspective. I wasn't <laughs> talking about it. First of all, a man raised in South Africa is a lot different from a man raised here in America. Have you read it? It's such a wonderful so, book. So, what I'm what the question I was going to ask Wait, is, my question. What you do you? No, I haven't read the book. You need to read but it. But I've heard a lot about it. What I wanted to ask you was, what do you think about um, when you hear people going around saying, like, men are trash or all black men are trash? What, it, what comes to mind or how does that feel when you hear that? I don't entertain it. I think it's stupid. I think it's a very generalized statement. I have been fortunate enough to grow up with wonderful, amazing, intelligent, eccentric, very much beat to the, um, or march to the beat of their own drum, black men. So it's just like, what is trash? And then my, my follow-up is like, what is trash for you? Like, are these men trash because they don't put up with your nonsense? Are they <laughs> trash because, like, like what makes them trash? And I think that answer varies. But I've also never been one to, like, put a blanket statement over everybody because no one truly fits the mold. So usually my follow-up is like, well, that's stupid. And also what makes this trash? And also why do you keep going after the same trash men? Like, (laughs) it's usually my... That was just something that I really wanted to... Like, I wanted to ask you because as a black man and as a man, that's something that I've heard quite a bit and that I listen to. Um, And me and some of, you know, the other brothers, like we talk about. And I'm very careful about not always interrupting or trying to call myself you know correcting a woman or mm. talking to a woman because I know that more times than not like <clears throat> that's trauma talking mm-hmm. and I have no right mm-hmm. to tell her how to handle her trauma mm-hmm. you know what I mean like that's that's not my place yeah. the only space that I have is to sh- shall she if she comes to, wants to share that with me is to try to help her process through that but it's not my right mm-hmm. to try to check her on how she handles her trauma because I wouldn't want somebody trying to check me. Like, I wouldn't want, like, a white person trying to tell me how to deal with slavery or oppression and living yeah. in America as a black man. I'd be like, what right do you have to tell me, you know what I'm saying, how I'm supposed to respond to a, a racist act? Like, know your, know your role. This ain't your space. So I don't feel like it's my right to always correct them. But there was one time where I had to correct a sister. Mm-hmm. You know, she was just kind of running off at the mouth, kind of, like, saying that type of stuff. And the reason that I spoke up about it, because she just kept going on and on and on mm. and being very derelict and disrespectful of the men that were in the space that mm. she knew personally mm-hmm. were not like that. Mm-hmm. And so I had to kind of say to her, I was like, well, I actually know the person that you talk about that's made you something like I know I've mm. known this guy, your ex for quite some time. And I'm like, he's been the same that I've known him the whole time. So is he... Is he trash or is your decision-making trash? Because I know there wasn't no false advertisement going on with that. Yeah. He's always showed you who he was. Yeah. He's shown everybody who he was. Yeah. But you still chose chose to get with him. That's so what? True. So what is? So is, so are all men trash or is your decision-making trash? Yeah. <clears throat> I do think people. That was show- like one of the few times that I I, I I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna sit here and let you just keep disrespecting like. All these, all these dudes that are here in this space with mm-hmm. you, people who I know have helped you mm-hmm. and who help 
others and bring good things to the environment. Are there some brothers and some men in general who are out there doing horrible stuff? Mm -hmm. Yep. Do we live in a world that in a lot of ways is unfairly skewed towards the will of men? We absolutely do. Mm -hmm. But to like, especially black men, but for us to sit there and hear that and continue to have to listen to that in our communities from a lot of our sisters and stuff like that, like... It's heartbreaking, and I'm just, like, to the point, I'm like, that's just not okay. So, why have the opportunity to have a woman sitting here? Like, I wanted to ask that question, especially since yeah. the since the topic of relationships and, and how men behave or, or influence or whatever come up. So, that's why I wanted to ask you. Well, I do want to say people show different sides of themselves to different people. Not that I'm negatively talking about your friend in this scenario, but your friend could be very much one way to you and be very much one way different to whomever they're with. So it could be like, well, I've never seen that, so you're lying. But in reality, he could have yeah. those characteristics and, and towards that's, her. And that's, that's a real thing. Well, no, that, but that's why I was saying. When I told her, I was like, and he wasn't really, he was somebody that I've worked with before. Mm-hmm. So I need to phrase it as like, he wasn't necessarily a friend. He was somebody mm-hmm. I worked with before. He's a lot younger. Mm-hmm. I actually used to tutor him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told her, I was just like, I can actually co-sign everything that you're saying about this individual. Mm-hmm. So that was my point. He's not been different. Yeah. He didn't. If he was showing you anything different, then he must have been showing you that he was amazing. But he's showing the rest of the world mm-hmm. that he's not mature enough to be in a relationship mm-hmm. and the type of individual he was. So if you, if we've all seen that, mm-hmm. at some point you had to have seen that. Mm-hmm. So why are you letting that again? Is it your decision making or yeah. is it all men? Yeah. Because he's not. It wasn't, and what you're right is completely different. People can behave differently in mm-hmm. different environments. But everything she was describing, like, mm-hmm. everybody that knew him was like, yep, that sounded about right. Yep, that sounded about right. It's been that way for 10 years now. So why did you think? <laughs> that's interesting. I, that's nothing I've ever, like, I've never gotten on board with. Yeah, I've just. I mean, maybe I've used the words when I was younger, but not anything that I meant. But I also think it depends on, like, the circle that you hang around with. So if these, the women that you hear say that, are they, like, a certain group of women that hang out with like-minded women that do like-minded thing? Because in my circle of women, I have some friends that are like, men are trashy, blah, blah, blah. And that's just like, okay, whatever. Like, that's their thing. But I don't subscribe to that. And also, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a household where the women in my life were in very toxic relationships, but always found the positive, which is, like, a positive and a negative. But, like, I have family members who are married to men who are, like, would check the list of every negative, horrible (laughs) thing. And they will say positive and uplifting and wonderful things about them and have never once been like oh my husband ain't shit or my husband's trash or my husband's this it's always like well he does this and he does this for the family and he's just at a low point right now and it'll get better it has been so I've been very fortunate to grow up in a place where like men ancient was never part of my yeah. household even when my one men thing, could have been doing a lot better and my one thing to say that women like that especially if you're a woman that has a son mm-hmm. is your son trash yeah yeah, it's you so know what I mean? weird. Because like, if your son ain't trash, then that should let you know, like, your son's not the exception. It's, yeah. are you raising him right to grow up to or, or showing him enough of positivity of the type of examples that he should see? And is he seen enough examples in front of him to not behave the way in a negative fashion when he gets older? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think a lot of that, too, is probably 
a lot of denial and projection instead of being like, I should not have let this person treat me this way. It's like, oh, you're trash because you treated me that way. And like, I stayed until I did it. And you're trash for making me go through all of that instead of taking accountability and the things that you can and being like, this isn't working for me. I'm going to leave. I'm not going to allow you to treat me this way. X, Y, Z. Because again, some of us are a hot mess. And and for some of the reasons, like we talked about at the very beginning, when Mm -hmm. I said like, some of us are put in a position, again, it's not right, but some Mm -hmm. of us are put in a position where we're not allowed to be children mature process our emotions in Mm -hmm. a healthy way any of that so what do we do in certain situations we act like we behave like children as adults and we're still learning how to process emotions the correct way as adults i might say you're childish but i wouldn't call you trash but it would also be very individualized to the and so and so and that so to bring it full circle that's where it goes back to like what we're talking about the very beginning Mm -hmm. like especially in terms speaking as a man like If I'm behaving that way and you see that I'm not changing anytime soon, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like whether it's unfair or not, it behooves you or it, it, it it's, it's uh, the onus is on the woman. Like, do I believe enough in him that with the right type of work that he's putting the work in and we're putting the work in, mm-hmm. but he has to want it as well for himself first, that he can be different and I want to stay here through that. Mm-hmm. Or do I just say, this ain't my battle and he got to, he got to do his thing, but I can go be happy somewhere else. Um, and like you said, it goes both ways with like, with, you know, what I'm saying like with women, too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think it's down to the individual as yeah, well. For and, sure. I mean, influence plays a huge thing. I can just say personally in my dating life, I have dated like the full spectrum <laughs> and I have had horrible experiences. And that that's never made me say like black men are trash. I'm done. I'm dating a white guy now like that. That's just never been part of it. It was like, oh, that individual had issues. Oh, this individual had issues. Oh, you know what? I fucked that one up. Yeah. But it's never just and been I've, like... I've had, to, I've had to own it and say that myself because, you know, I've had conversations with friends. You know, you're always sitting around, you're getting together, and you're like, <clears throat> I want this type of person in my life. I want to have that type of person in my life. And I've, I've been vocal, very vocal about it and owned up to the fact that, you know, especially me in my early 20s, I was not the one. Um, listen, on paper, I look like a great catch. I've never smoked in my life, never drank, educated, worked hard. But I was also a very selfish individual. I was not the type of dude that should have been in a relationship. And if I had a daughter that dated somebody that liked, that behaved like I was at mm-hmm. 21, 22, 23, 24, mm-hmm. I'd probably beat both of them down. <laughs> Straight up. Like, I couldn't do it. And so it, it came down to a, a mentor really kind of telling me, like, and something that stuck, that stuck with me is like, you want the right one, mm-hmm. but to get the right one, first you got to be the right one. Yeah. yeah. And it's taken a lot of growth uh, on my behalf and being, you know, turning into the person that I am now and that I want to be and continuing to grow and look inward and re- self-reflect. Because a lot of people don't like to self-reflect. Mm-hmm. They say they look at themselves in the mirror, but nobody really wants to look at the ugliness that funny. we all have. No. Yeah. Cause we all like we all like to think that our shit don't really stink, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Or we like to be humble to a point, not completely humble. Mm-hmm. And I had to be humbled to be to the point where I actually start looking at myself and be like, "Well, yeah, I'm a hot ass mess, <laughs> and I need to do better." You know what I mean? Yeah, and I really need true. to do better. Um, but that's also why I'm a champion of knowing like who I've been, what I've been through. Also, what type of person that my, my grandma, my dad, and my mom raised. Mm-hmm. I know what effort they put in me and what and what they put in me. And I know that there's a lot of other guys out there the same way, and women, mm-hmm. that at some point in time, we 
there's what we take from people and what we decide to do for ourselves. And just as well as there's people who put, you know, put a lot of goodness in us and we reflect that as we get older, sometimes people put a lot of negative in us, but we decide at a certain point that we don't want to be that and we Mm -hmm. do great. There's also some moments where people put great in us and we just want to be little assholes Mm -hmm. when we get to, you know, get to live our own lives. Mm -hmm. And it's up to us as individuals to recognize which one of those are we in the equation Mm -hmm. um, and to make sure that we come out on the positive end of it. Yeah. I agree. All right. Well, I'd like to thank you for coming on the show. Um, it was a very exciting, fruitful conversation after we got past the bickering the first, oh, gosh. was it 30, 35 minutes? First of all, <clears throat> I'm feisty. And I like my we points know. to be heard we know. and absorbed. We know. <laughs> but uh, in all honesty, like it was fun. I appreciate you coming on. And I think that it was a, it's a good show. And I think a lot of people uh, will get a lot out of it. I hope so. Yeah. So um, if anybody has any comments or questions or uh, anything, uh, you guys know how to reach me. Chilltimepod at gmail.com. Um, you can find, obviously, as I always say, you can find us on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. If you have time, get on there leave us a review. Um, other than that, appreciate you uh you know, listening and tuning in. And as always, I'll be back again to bring you some exciting and cool content. I appreciate you and I am out.